The following audio is from Overland Park Community Church. More information about OPCC is available online at www.overlandpark.cc. Hey, welcome everybody. We're excited to minister to you today. Welcome to those of you who are part of the OPCC community and those of you who are friends and family. Maybe your church wasn't able to get anything online and you're joining us today. We want to encourage you in that. We want to support you and we're thankful uh, that we have this avenue to kind of connect with each other in the midst of a crazy and difficult time for us all. There's no doubt that these are crazy times that we're living in. And so like, I know it begs the question of like, what do we make of all of this? Like looking at this man and the world is totally like, Unlike I've ever seen it before, for certain. And so um, I, I want to give you a word today, man. And, and I want to say to you and preface, like, what I'm going to teach about today is, is it is a word from the Lord. And it's not patty cake, okay? Like, I'm not, I'm not just bringing um, just some kind of encouragement to help you feel better in the midst of some uncertainty that I'm even feeling as, as a believer in Christ who's been called by God to preach the word. And so, like, I'm not, a, I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm not a seminar speaker. I'm not a communicator. I am a preacher and teacher who's been called to the Lord to preach the gospel and to be in season and out of season and share what the Lord is laying on my heart. And he's had me on a journey, man for some time. And and to be quite honest with you, as I share this word for you, I think that for some people, it's going to be incredibly encouraging. And for others, it may scare the living hell right out of you. And I I don't apologize for that. Like, I'm trying to be faithful to what the Lord has called me to do. And I think that really the Lord started working on me about this moment in time about eight months ago. Like, I've been hanging out in the the, uh, minor prophets and just sitting in uh, those prophets. and, And the Lord took me on a journey. I went one evening, I went uh, what we call at our church going up the mountain and I was spending some time in prayer with the Lord and he had me in one of the minor prophets and he used some of the series of those events as this sort of come uh, to a place where we knew, okay, man, we're going to have to do church a little bit differently this weekend. And so like I, I started to think about, man, what does the Lord want me to say to you? What is, what is a word from the Lord to you? Because that was a time certainly that you want to just hear my opinions. You want to hear a word from the Lord. And so the man, I I was going through this and tracking with this and and thinking about, man, what does the Lord want us to hear? I think one question uh, that a lot of people have is is that, man, is the Lord causing this? Like, is the Lord making this happen? And so, man, like, here's what I would say to you about that. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if he is or not. But here's one thing I do know. He's allowing it to happen. He's in sovereign control of the universe. And if he wanted to stop right now, he, he could make it stop, but we clearly see that he is allowing it to happen. And so that begs the question, is like, why would God let that happen? Man, why would the Lord of the universe let us be in this state uh, and experiencing some of the things that we're experiencing? Well, I want to draw your attention to the prophet Amos. Now, Amos is, is a cool dude in, in the Bible. We don't hear a lot of preaching and teaching out of the book of Amos, but he has got some really cool stuff that he wrote down and left for us that the Lord showed him during the nation of Israel's history in the Old Testament. And so I want to draw your attention to Amos chapter 1. Like, hey, and, and man, if if you're, if you're here and you're following along, like make a comment. Let us know you're here. Check in with us. Like we're encouraged to see um, that you're, you're a part of, of what's happening here in at OPCC today. And so let, let's look at the word together. If you have your Bibles, Amos chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. And this is what it says. The words of Amos, one of the shepherds of Tekoa, the vision he saw concerning Israel 
two years before the earthquake, when Uzziah was king of Judah and Jeroboam, son of Joash, was king of Israel. He said, the Lord roars from Zion and thunders from Jerusalem. The pastures of shepherds dry up and the top of Carmel withers. Now, look at this, man. And one of the things that I clearly see, Amos has been called of the Lord to tell the people, man, is, is that he's clearly telling them that, man, when the Lord starts moving, the pastures of the shepherds can, can, can dry up. And, and the top of Mount Carmel, it just withers. Now, the, the pastures of the shepherds, this is how they made their living. They would pasture their, their flock. And, and it was so vital for them to have pastures to feed the flock in. And then the, the, the top of Mount Carmel was this very lush place where uh, usually the kings, one of the kings would, would have their gardens. And it produced, unlike uh, other soil in the region. And he said, man, with, with just the snap of, a, of his fingers, man, the Lord can allow those things to dry up. And so I, I looked at that and I'm reading that and I'm going, man, that, that's, that's kind of what it feels like for us right now is that things are, they're just a little bit dried up, man. And, 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 and we look at that and, and here's what the Lord really showed me in, in this passage is he says, the Lord roars from Zion. Like, like he roars from Zion. And here, here's where I think we have a problem in today's church is that we think Jesus is a lamb, and Jesus is not a lamb. He's never been a lamb. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And so when we start treating him like a lamb, we've missed the mark. Now, what, what, what causes us to treat him like a lamb? Well, we hear about him is he's the lamb of God that takes the sin of the world. But we got to understand that as the lamb of God that took away the sin of the world, he was a lion that was led like a lamb to the slaughter. Jesus has always been a lion. He was a lion. You look in the Old Testament, you'll find Jesus all throughout the Old Testament. And you'll always see that he's a lion. When you get to the New Testament and you find Jesus, he's a lion. When he's healing people, he's healing them as a lion. When you see Jesus coming in and he's, he's casting out demons, he's doing it as a lion. When he's bringing back the dead, he's doing it as a lion. When he's reproving the Pharisee and saying, man, you hypocrites, you whitewashed sepulchers, he's doing it as a lion. When he goes to the cross, he goes as a lamb, okay? And so what's significant about that is that the lion is taking on the characteristics of the lamb of God so that he could take away the sin of the world. And, and here's the thing is um, when he's treated like a lamb, sometimes I think it's necessary for him to roar so that we will pay attention. And that's what, that's what Amos is saying in this passage of Scripture, is that the, the Lord is roaring from Zion. He is trying to get their attention because the nation of Israel had gotten this really messed up place. And we'll see that here in a moment. Um, we'll learn some more about that. But, but, but when we look at this um, and, and we see, man, is the Lord in this moment roaring like a lion? Here's what I know. I'm 50 years old, okay? And in my 50 years, I have heard him roar on several occasions. My first time to really think about, man, when did I, when I hear the Lord roar is, is um, uh, in, in 1995. I was 25 years old. And I can remember very vividly when the Oklahoma City bombing happened. I, I, I literally felt the explosion. Didn't know it was an explosion at the time. Just felt the rumbling of it. I wasn't close enough to, to know exactly what it was. Just kind of thought and paused for a moment and then kept going on about um, what was happening in class. But I remember very vividly, I was a student in, in college. And so afterwards, um, after class was dismissed, man, we, we got out and there were people talking and there were TVs on and, and the news was on. And, 
And then they were, they were talking about this bombing, and man, it just kind of shook everybody up. And you could feel like, man, what is going on here? And, and so I grew up in Oklahoma City. And so I, I'm leaving. I want to drive down there. I'm down there pretty quick, and I get down to the Oklahoma City bombing I'm, I'm, or the, the Murrow building. I'm driving down, and I can see the building, and I'm coming down I-40, and I see the smoke coming off. And I'm like, well, that doesn't look too bad. And I got off the interstate, and there were people, man, there were still people on the streets, and they were bleeding, and, and there were emergency workers because everywhere it looked incredibly chaotic and I, I'm driving down a little bit and, and I get to a point where I'm on the other side of the building and I'll never forget when I turned my head and I looked back and I saw that the entire building, the other side of it was gone. And like my heart just sank, man. So I was like, like, this is my city. And it just blew me away, man. And, and, and immediately as a young minister, I hadn't, I hadn't even been preaching but maybe a, a year or so, and so I was brand new into the ministry, and my heart was tender toward the Lord, and, and I was broken, man. And I immediately like, looked and thought, man, what is happening in the world? And so like, and people started looking, and man, man the, the national media, they descended down on Oklahoma City, and Oklahoma City was the center of tension, uh, attention. Billy Graham came. Like, uh, the president of the United States came. All of these leaders came, um, and, and they spoke, and, 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 and you, you looked at it, and as, as we were just, like, we were on the media all the time, and, and I couldn't help but looking and going, man, Lord, like, use this. Like use this. And he did, man. There are a lot of people that got movement out of that experience. And, and the lion roared. I know he roared in that. And, and so I don't think in any way, shape, or form that, that the Lord made that happen. We know that an evil person had intent and he perverted something that was good and, and he, he, he meant harm for people. But the Lord, he spoke in the midst of it because he showed us that, that no matter how um, good things appear, like bad things happen. And then I remember um, uh, significantly, like very vividly, I remember um, in, in 2000 uh, or 9-11, and, and, and we were having our first child, Joel. And I was literally talking to the Lord, man. I was sitting with the Lord, and I, I was praying and, and talking to the Lord. And my mom called, and she said, have you seen the news? And, and I, I said, no. And I, I turned on the television, man, and, and, and the, they were talking on the Today Show, the reporters, they were just talking about what had happened. And this, the World Trade Center was smoking, man, and, and they, were, they were trying to, they, they were trying to give words uh, about, like, they didn't understand what was happening. They were scared in the midst of it. You could clearly tell. And I'm sitting there watching this live on television. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, what in the world is going on? Another plane flies into the other tower, and you're, like, just blown away. At this point, they're trying to figure out, is this terrorism? What happened? Was it an accident? And then we, we see this, and then, and then the reporter's are like, oh, my, my gosh, this is bad. And, and they, were, they were sort of speechless in that moment. And and as you're watching there and you're trying to make sense of it and you're like, what is going on? And in the one building, man, it just like it, just, like it crumbled. And I'll never forget the emptiness that I felt inside. And the reporters, they, they had no words, man. They, they were speechless in that moment. And then the other one fell and people knew that this was, this was a horrible tragedy. And I, man, we... I was pastoring at the time in Oklahoma. I had just become a pastor. I hadn't even been a pastor a year. And, and man, the, like we were pregnant and with our first child. We're wondering what kind of world are we bringing a child into? What's going to happen, man? They, they knew, we knew it was terrorism. Churches all over, man, had prayer services. And people flocked. They flocked 
um, into the doors of churches. And, and people wanting to know, man, they were wanting to pray. They were wanting to be together. And, and in the midst of that, again, we see somebody who meant evil, and, but God uses it in the midst of it. Man, the lion roared and people heard his voice and they responded. And I was thinking to myself, man, is this it? Is this, is this going to be a revival? Is the Lord going to use this to really break the kingdom out and churches really begin to grow like we've seen of old? And, and I remember just very vividly in my heart, like just like wondering like is is the Lord even coming back man is is is, is this the is this the beginning of the end and, and it was so encouraging to see how many people responded in faith and started getting serious about their walk in the kingdom and so the lion he roared but I want to tell you to you today like man I've never heard him roar this loud like I, I look at this, and, and, and one, I, one of the things that I see in the midst of all that is happening around us right now is that we aren't in control. Like, we aren't in control. I mean, the government's doing all that they can, and in a matter of days, man, he's got the whole world in his hands, and he's showing us through the midst of this what I see as a minister of the gospel is I see, like, we, how vulnerable we are. And, and, and just in a matter of days, worldwide entertainment, like March Madness is closed down. Like, just stop. The NBA, closed down. Baseball, suspended. Theaters, closed. No entertainment. No going out and eating. Every, like, stay in your home. The, the economy, like, economies all over the world just crippled in a matter of days. And this time, it's a virus. And, like, like we're, we're looking at all this, and, man, and man people are scared and rightly so, there are some things to be scared about. It's like, are, are we going to be able to get a hold of this? And, and so it, like, it, it gets our attention. And I think in the midst of these crises and throughout the, the time of the word of the Lord, as we read all the way through the Old Testament, God speaks in the midst of these incredible tragedies that impact the world. And, and right now, I think he has our attention. I think, I think he's roaring from Zion, and he's trying to get people to, to, to pay attention to what's happening. And I think we should give heed to what's happening all around us. And so w the question then becomes, what does he want us to hear, man? Like, what does he want us to hear? And, and I, here's the deal is, I, I do believe that we'll get through this virus. Uh, I'm hopeful that we get through it in a couple of weeks because I know that many of you, like you, you're, you're in business for yourself and you're worried about how you're gonna pay the, how you're gonna pay the bills. And, and, and maybe you've been laid off from work and you're like, how am I gonna buy food for my family? And, and, and I empathize with you because here I am in the ministry and I depend upon the faithfulness of God's people that, that, that my family will be taken care of. And so we're all in this place and we're sort of worried. And so my prayer is that men, men that it, it subsides in a couple of weeks. Okay, like I, that's my prayer and that's my heart's desire and that's what I'm asking the Lord to do in, in the midst of this. Uh, but, but, but as I look at it, man, our greatest concern is not this virus. Like it's not our greatest concern. Like, like as the Lord is, he's, he's shouting, he's roaring like in the midst of this and God will always use something that is evil and he will work out something good from it. And I think as the Lord is shouting to us, our greatest concern is a famine. It has nothing to do with a virus. 
What do you mean? What are you talking about, Jimmy? Well, when we, when we look at the word, I want to draw your attention once again to the book of Amos and the prophet Amos as he's speaking to Israel in the moment of time where things are really very similar, culturally speaking, where they were in walking and, like, and, and, and giving heed to the, the Lord or, or the lion, if you will, the lion of the tribe of Judah, uh, where they were in the midst of that and giving heed to God and paying attention to what God desired for them. I see a lot of similarities in where we are in the world today, man. And so, like, I look at this and I go, man, there's something for us to learn about this in this moment. And in Amos chapter 11, or chapter 8, verse 11, he says, in that day, in that day, he said, declares the sovereign Lord, I will make the sun go down at noon and dark and darken the earth in broad daylight. Now, what does that mean? That means that he's going to disrupt how things are happening. It doesn't necessarily mean literally that he's going to make it dark at noon and, 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 and daylight when it's supposed to be dark. I think what he's saying, man, is I'm going to disrupt your rhythm so much so that you can't tell whether what time of day it is. And I'm exactly there, man. They got me isolated in my house. Can't figure out what time it is. I can't figure out when to, when to go to bed and when to get up. I'm just totally messed up. Like my whole world is sort of out of whack right now. And, and, and this is what he's saying he will do with them. I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth in broad daylight. I will turn your religious festivals into mourning and all your singing into weeping. I will make all of you wear sackcloth and shave your heads. I will make that time like mourning for an only sun and the end of it like a bitter day. Like, like he said, man, this, this, he, I, he would make this so painful that it would be like mourning over a son that you just lost, but not just a son, but an only son. And he says, the days are coming, declares the sovereign Lord. And this is what I want you to see. When I will send a famine through the land, not a famine of food or thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. People will stagger from sea to sea and wander from north to east, searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. In that day, the lovely young women and strong young men will faint because of thirst. Those who swear by the sin of Samaria, who say, as surely as your God lives, Dan, or as surely as the God of Beersheba lives, they will fall never to rise again. He's like, man, there's a famine in the land. There's a famine for the words of God. Like people aren't paying attention to what God said. And so when I look at what's happening in the midst of this, um, this terrible tragedy in Israel's history, we see that Amos is being used as the Lord to warn the people, man, there is a famine in the land. And it's going to get worse. People are going to, they're, they're not going to give heed to what God has said and how he's asked us to live in order for it to be better for us. And so when, when we come to understand what's going on in this text, you have to understand what's happening in the nation of Israel. It is a divided country. There are the northern kingdoms and the southern kingdoms. And what we have is we have um, Jeroboam is the king of the northern kingdoms and Uzziah is the king of the southern kingdoms. But God had said in his word that the Israelites at certain times throughout the year were to make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. We see this in the New Testament as all the Jews all the time are going to Jerusalem to make sacrifices 
sacrifices. During the time of Christ's um, uh, death, the people were in uh, town to observe the Passover. And so when, when they would always have to go to Jerusalem to do this, they would have to leave the lands that were allotted to them and make a pilgrimage and go to Jerusalem in order to worship the Lord. Well, Jeroboam was concerned during this um, split in the kingdom or in the nation and having the northern and southern kingdoms. He was concerned about his people making a pilgrimage down to the southern kingdoms and worshiping in Jerusalem. And so what he did is he set up high places in Dan and Beersheba. And in the midst of those high places, and and this is so crazy when you look at this, you go, how in the world could the people of Israel, could the people of God get this far away from God? They put golden calves in these high places, but they also mixed it with what they were commanded to do from the Mosaic law. And so they were mixing some of what God said to do with some of what the world was doing, and they were convoluting and totally inventing worship on their own. You see, in that moment in time, they were doing the same thing that I think sometimes happens in the church and in, 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 in our culture that I'm familiar with is that people take Jesus and they treat him like, like a lamb and they shape him in their image. And they say, I want Jesus to be like this. Uh, I'll take Jesus and I want him to be the lamb of God that takes away the sin of my world, but I don't want him to be the lion that teaches me how I'm supposed to live. And so like, th- this is where they were at. And so man, the, Amos said, this is what's gonna happen to you. And, and, and what happens as soon thereafter is, is they are taken off into exile. And this was a period of incredible prosperity for the nation of Israel. Their economy was booming, and then all of a sudden, they are taken away in captivity. And so that king who was trying to... Um, cause or protect his own power and he wasn't thinking about the power that actually put him in that position of authority and respecting the God of the universe. He lost it all, man. And Amos was used of the Lord to warn him like, man, you need to listen what the word of the Lord is and you need to follow the word of the Lord. And so um, what happens is they are, they go into exile and the famine in the land comes about when we get to the book of Malachi, the last of the minor prophets, we get to a famine of the words of God. Because at this point in time, you have to understand the scriptures were being written by men of God. And, 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 and the Lord would raise them up and he would anoint them and give them special powers to make prophetic utterances that would come to pass. And as they came to pass, you knew that you could trust the prophet. And the prophet often had the ability to do supernatural things. That's why Elijah could call down fire from, from heaven or cause it to not rain and shut up the heavens. Is because the Lord wasn't necessarily making Elijah special. He was saying, I'm going to tell you something through the prophet Elijah that you need to listen to. So I'm going to give him supernatural ability. And then we have the stories of the Old Testament. we got Moses' story. And so all of these things that are coming down to us, they are to teach us to give heed to the words of the Lord. Well, when we get to the book of Malachi, things are shut down. And for 400 years, there were no prophets. God went silent. He didn't say anything. And part of the problem of why he wasn't saying anything is because the people weren't listening. And he prophesied that this would happen. And then we know that after the 400 years is up, that Jesus, um, before Jesus comes on the scene, we have John the Baptist, the first prophet in 400 years. God God was no longer silent, and he is uh, uh, the first prophet in 400 years to begin to proclaim, behold the Lamb of God who takes uh, away the sin of the world. No longer follow me, follow this guy. This is the Messiah. And so we see in all of this happening is that, man, when we look at this, um, we go, man, if our culture is sort of in a similar place, and we look at it, we go, what can we pray for? I'm going to tell you what we need to be praying for. 
above all else is that pray that people would come down from their high places and learn how to walk with the lion and quit trying to make him a lamb. Like, that's what the Lord is asking. Like, I think the Lord is screaming. C.S. Lewis said, man, the Lord, he whispers to us in our pleasure, but he shouts to us in our pain. And right now, like, the whole world is captivated. And so we go, man, well, wait a minute. I'm a believer. Man, why does the Lord have to shout to me? Now, here's where I want to encourage you. Like, I want to encourage you in this because if we speed ahead, fast forward a few hundred years, then we find another prophet, the prophet Zechariah. And the prophet Zechariah was allowed to give a messianic prophecy. The prophet Zechariah has incredible prophecies about Jesus. Like so many prophecies that were made hundreds of years before the time of Christ, they were made by Zechariah. And then when Christ showed up, he fulfilled them. That's why you can trust the Bible is because it has prophetic words that were actually fulfilled by real people. If you are believing the lie that a few men sit down somewhere and decide what books are going to be in the Bible, you are totally confused about who the lion of the tribe of Judah is. Like the Bible is so strong and so powerful and so uh, easily trusted because it's not a blind leap of faith. Like there's prophetic utterances that are fulfilled by Jesus that gives us the confidence that we can trust him as the prophet of God. We can lean on him as the priest of God and we can look at him as the king of our lives. And that's why he's described as the lion of the tribe of Judah is that he will be the king of the world. And so in this spiritual age that we live in, we're living in a spiritual age in which we can depend on the king to lead us in a spiritual kingdom. And this is what it says to us. Prophet, the prophet Zechariah says, just as you, Judah, and Israel have been a curse among the nations. And so we see that there was a penalty for them for not following in the covenant that God had made with them. And he told them it would be this way. He said, just as you have been a curse among the nations, so I will save you, and you will be a blessing. Do not be afraid, but let your hands be strong. This is what the Lord Almighty says, just as I had determined to bring disaster on you and showed no pity when your ancestors angered me, says the Lord Almighty, so now I have determined to do good again to Jerusalem and Judah. Do not be afraid. These are the things you are to do. Listen to what he tells, us, tells them to do. Speak the truth to each other and render true and sound judgments in your courts. Do not plot evil against each other, and do not love to swear falsely. I hate all this, he says, declares the Lord. The word of the Lord Almighty came to me. This is what the Lord Almighty said. The fasts of the fourth, the fifth, the seventh, and the tenth months. Remember he talked about how the festivals would become sad festivals in Amos? Well, now he's saying the fasts of the, 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 uh, that were happening in the uh, fourth, fifth, seventh, and tenth months will become joyful and glad occasions and happy festivals for Judah. Therefore, he says, love, truth, and peace. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Many peoples and the inhabitants of many cities will yet come. And the inhabitants of one city will go to another and say, let us go at once to entreat the Lord and, and seek the Lord Almighty. I myself am going. And many peoples and powerful nations will come to Jerusalem to seek the Lord Almighty and to entreat him. And this is what the Lord Almighty says. In those days, 10 people from all languages and nations will take firm hold of one Jew by the hem of his robe and say, let us go with you because we have heard that God is with you. 
<laughs> like, man, they're, they're like Zechariah has all this apocalyptic literature in it, okay? And so when it talks about the 10 people, that is a number of completeness in Jewish apocalyptic literature. And so he's saying, man, many people will come to one Jew, and one means one right here, okay? And he says, many people will come to one Jew and cling a hold of him. He said, what in the world does that mean to me? Well, this is a messianic prophecy about what would happen when Jesus showed up, that the, the lion of the tribe of Judah showed up and he set up his spiritual kingdom. And we know that as we study the epistles in Romans that we have been grafted into Israel. And so as we are grafted in and spiritually speaking, the Lord is looking, like this, this applies to us and we know that there's a future thing that's going to work out as well but right now we can say man like many people will come to one person and say I see the Lord in you man show me the way to the temple so that I can feast I'm tired of the famine that is, the, that, that, that is the, the power and presence of the Holy Spirit coming into the life of the believer, enabling him to do even what I'm doing in this moment in time, to preach under the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Not to give speeches and homilies to make people feel better and make you a better husband. Man, that is not the job of the work of the kingdom. The work of the kingdom is to teach you that Jesus is a lion and he calls for you to bow. And when you figure that out in your life, you will be the best husband that you could ever be be on the planet. And so the Lord is calling out to us, man, and he's saying, man, I'm going to do something in you. I'm going to transform you. And he says, "These are, he's like, speak the truth in love. Don't swear falsely. Don't mean evil for people. You know what the Lord is saying is, I'm going to, I'm going to make you love what I love and make you hate what I hate, which is exactly what Jesus meant in John chapter 3 when he said, you must be born again if you want to be my disciple. This is what it means in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17, when it says, therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is past, the new has come because now he doesn't love what he used to love. He loves what God loves and he hates what God hates and he tries to follow Jesus as the lion. And so we look at this and we go, man, how do the people who are right now listening to the, the, the lion roar and he has their attention, how in the world um, do these people learn how to walk with the lion? We'll I have good news for you. When the lion roared there in Amos chapter 1 um, verses 1 and 2 it says the the Lord roars from Zion and thunders from Jerusalem the good news is is that Zion is the place of the mercy seat and so as we see all of this judgment coming out we see that God is calling forth in both justice and mercy which is what he always does and so sometimes we find ourselves going man I can't I cannot conceive of a God who would allow something like you're talking about to happen why would a God allow something like this sickness to go on. Why wouldn't he stop it? I can't conceive of a God like that. That's because you want a lamb and not a lion. The truth of the matter is, is like what kind of God would allow people to leave him and walk away from truth and not have anything to try to get their attention and just let them go away without saying ever saying, hey, hey guys, hey guys, I love you. I want you. I want you to be a part of my kingdom. I want to set you free from the captivity of sin and share my kingdom with you. Now, when you begin to think that way, you're beginning to think of Jesus as a lion and not as your own lamb made in the image that you want to be what, how you want and why the, and the way that you want to live and you're conforming him to you and saying, man, I want you, Jesus, to save me, but I don't want you to be the lion in, the, in my life that calls for lordship. As so we look at that, man, like the Lord is trying to, 
he's trying to, he's trying to offer an invitation to me. That's what he's been doing since the beginning of time. Like that's, that's the whole time we read through the Old and New Testament and all we see is God reaching out to us and saying, I'm gonna make a way for you to be in relationship with me and I'm gonna give you my spirit to make it possible. And so we come to this and we go, man, there's a famine in the land. What are we to do? Here's what I see is that the word of the lion must be eaten and shared. Like the word of the lion, Jesus is described as the logos. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. He, he, he was God in the flesh, and what did he do? He gave us words. He spoke and taught us, and through the power of the apostles' teaching. And what did they teach? They went to the Old Testament, and they said, man, Jesus is all over the Old Testament. He is the Messiah. And we have the Word, and it must be eaten and shared. And so right now, like, man, we're in this time where, where you don't have anything to do anyway. You have more time than you ever could dream of as we are in this isolated experience. And it is a time, I think, that calls us to go before the Lord and eat the word so that we have something to share. You see, if you don't eat the word, you have nothing to share. And some people sometimes ask me, man, you really, you, you really, like, you get fired up. Man, it's not just me getting fired up. I've been feasting on the word of God, and I have to get it out and let it out and share it with people because it's in me. It is changing me. It is not me. It is the Lord inside of me because the Lord moves when we eat the word and share it. And so we, we say, what do you mean eat the word? What I mean is like what we teach our people is, is that we don't just try to read the whole Bible and go, oh, yeah, I've read the Bible. Oh, yeah, I've read the Bible. Who cares how much of the Bible you've read if you haven't been able to consume it and understand that Jesus said, I am the bread of life, man. Like he sustains us through the midst of the words that he's left with us. And what do we see the greatest attack on right now is whether or not we can trust the Bible. And people People, even believers are attacking the very word of God and changing it. And that's where everything gets disrupted. And we find that there's a famine in the land, man. So we go, man, what we got to do is we got to let the, we got to uh, eat the word and, and share the word of the lion. Here's the second thing is the power of the lion must be seen and experienced. Like the word says it is alive and active. The book of Hebrews says the word is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It can separate the physical stuff from the spiritual stuff. It is powerful. And so as I read it and I eat it and I consume it and I share it, then what happens is that people see transformation in your life. Man, that's what happened to me. The Lord totally transformed me when I started eating the word of God. And he's been transforming me ever since. And so as I consume it, then people witness and see the power of God in my life. And so I'm sharing. They're seeing the power of God as I eat and share the word. They're seeing the power of God. They're experiencing the power of God. And not only that, I'm experiencing the power of God in my life. I'm watching as the Lord moves in the midst and he enables me to do things that I could never do in my own strength and power. And as that happens, I'm incredibly encouraged, and that brings us to the third thing, is the will of the lion must be sought and obeyed. You see, when I, have, when I eat um, the word, then what happens is that power comes into my life, and I begin to produce fruit. The power enables you to seek and obey the will of God. In John chapter 15, Jesus said, if you abide in me, you will bear fruit. Okay, And so as I'm eating the word and experiencing the power, that power is what is enabling me to seek and obey the will of God and beginning to understand that Jesus is a lion man and I know him. And it totally shifts the way that I'm living my life. And that brings us to the big idea of today's talk. And here it is. 
There is a famine in the land, but there shouldn't be one in your life. You should not have a famine in your life because as we look at this, we see that God has made a way. And so the Lord is not in, in, like he is not interested that anyone should perish. Like the love of God like surpasses anything that we could ever know. We can look into how do we know how much God loves us? We need to look no further than the cross that God became a man and died for us in order that we could know him and walk with him as a lion. And so some of this, you look at it and you go, man, it sounds to me like you're trying to scare people with with the word of the Lord. I'm not trying to scare people. What I'm trying to do is be true to the word of God. There are some things that are scary and my fear, (laughs) my fear of the lion is the very thing that drove me to get to know him. Sometimes fear is a good thing because it gets our attention and we go, man, like what am I doing with my life? And now I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid when he roars because I know his voice because I'm walking with him all the time. So when he roars, I'm like looking and going, man, what are you trying to say to the world, Lord? Because I already know what you're trying to say to me. You've been talking to me every day because I'm in your word and I'm talking to you in prayer. I'm listening in obedience. I'm experiencing your power and I'm sharing what you're doing in my life with others and the kingdom is rolling out of my life. And that is the desire of the Lord. And so you might be sitting there and going, man, like, how should I respond if I'm afraid? Um, man, first of all, you got to know that the lion loves you. Like, he loves you. And we were talking about some of these things this week in, at home. And uh, it's like, man, look at this. Like, there's an article in Africa about locusts, like, swarms like they've never seen. Then you got this earthquake that happened. You're like, what in the world is going on? Well, I'm sitting there looking at it, and I'm getting fired up. I'm like giving some Ric Flair's out. Woo, man. And my oldest son, Joel, he's looking over at me and seeing me in all of my excitement, and he just starts weeping, man. I'm like, what's wrong, bro? And he's like, man, I don't know if I'm ready for the Lord to come back. And I said, I said, man, like, here's the deal, Joel. I said, Do you know him? And he's like, well, I think so. And I said, well, like, you don't think so. You either know or you don't know him. There's there's no alternatives. I said, have you invited him into your life? Yeah, I've done that. I said, well, have you ever experienced him speaking to you in ways? He said, well, sometimes, yeah, I feel a real strong sense about what I'm doing that I shouldn't do it. And, and I said, well, that's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And one of the promises of God that we know that we are sealed with the Spirit is that we have the Spirit in us. He who does not have the Spirit does not know Jesus, but he who has the Spirit is known of the Lord. And so I said, if the Lord is speaking to you about things and you're feeling some of that, I said, man, what's going on is uh, you're not confident in your walk with the Lord. I said, and the Lord is trying to get your attention. And in this moment, when you should not be afraid, you should be excited as I am because you hear a roar of the lion. It shouldn't frighten you. Like we should be anticipating the return of the king. I said, the reason that's happening, man, is because you are not sitting with the Lord. And I said, all you need to do, man, is the word teaches us if we confess our sins and uh, that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I said, you need to repent, man, and you need to start sitting with the Lord. I said, you want to do that right here, right now? I said, do you want to go up in your bedroom and, and sit with the Lord yourself? And he looked at me and he said, man, I, again, tears like in fear, like real fear. He said, man, I think I want to go upstairs and do it by myself. I said, yeah, man, you go up there. You get down in John chapter 3, man, and you let the Lord speak to you. 
And so he disappears. And he comes back about 45 minutes later, man, and it's a different kid. You can look on his face. There's no fear, man. And he's talking about what the Lord showed him in John chapter 3, how we're born again. And he's like, man, I know that I've done that in my life. The Lord has invited me in, and I've said yes to him. And he's, he's excited. He's charged up kind of like I am right now. Why is it that that happened to him? Because he sat with the Lord. He ate the word. He came down, and he shared the word. He experienced the power of the word. And now he's seeking the, the obedience and will of the lion. And that's what happens, man. And so, like, if, if you're afraid, if you're afraid, then what do you do? Go sit with the Lord. Like, figure out if, do you know him? Have you been born again? Start in John chapter 3 and see what the lion says about knowing him. And we see, man, that the Lord starts moving. So I'm going to land on this because I know, man, that all, every time things like this happen, one of the great questions that people always have, is Jesus coming back soon? Is he coming back soon? And so here's my answer. I don't know. But this one thing I do know, the louder the roar, the closer the lion. And so even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. You see, if we're walking with the lion, we don't have to be afraid. If we're walking with the lion, we don't have to worry about getting coronavirus. For me to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. For me to live is Christ. For me to die is gain. I don't have to be afraid. I'm walking with the lion, man. He knows my name. And so when he's roaring, if he's roaring at me personally, it is because I have some serious disobedience in my life. And I'm here to say to you, man, that like the lion, he whispers to me. He speaks softly. And so I'm not trying to scare you. Like what I'm trying to be is faithful to the lion so that you might come down from a high place and walk with him. And if you're walking with him, what I'm trying to encourage you in is the body of Christ, man. Like share, eat and share the word. Right now is a time that it's easy to do it. Like it's easy to do it. Offer to pray with your friends. Offer to minister to them in whatever capacity that you can. Offer to meet with them. FaceTime them and pray over them. Like do everything that you can to experience the kingdom with them and eat and share the word. Share the truth of the word so that transformation first and foremost happens in your life. And then beyond that, that the kingdom moves throughout the world. And so, man, I want to I encourage you to bow right now. Like right there in your home, man, wherever you're at. Maybe you're sitting outside under a shade tree. Like, man, like the greatest thing that ever happened in my life was to realize that Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah, he's a lion. And he fights for me. Like he, he walks with me and I, I move from, man, he's, he's, not, he's not a lamb. 
He took the place of a lamb, but he was a lion when he did it. And so, man, I'm like walking in this freedom. Like, man, the economy may fall apart. Like, it could. I don't have any idea. But one thing I do know, and I'm confident in, is that he who has survived every economy that has ever existed is my lion. And I walk with him. And you can too. And so wherever you're at right now, man, what I would encourage you to do is if you don't know him, I mean, man, man, maybe you know right now, like you can feel your heart beating on the inside and you just know, man, the Lord is inviting you to be a part of his kingdom. He's just asking you to surrender to his lordship and see him as a lion in your life. Then, man, what you need to do is just pray and pour your heart out to the Lord. Sometimes the word says that, uh, that we, we don't even know what words to use. Like we're so overwhelmed and the Spirit will help us with groans. And just pour your heart out to the Lord, man, and let him have your life. If you're here and you're, you, maybe you're like where Joel was at and you're just in a place where you're not real confident, just confess and say, Jesus, I haven't been treating you like the lion. I'm sorry. Like, forgive me. Help me to get in the word and eat it and show me what you want me to see. And just recommit your life to him. If you're here and you, you got people, man, all over the world like that, that maybe you know in other states and you, you just want to pray for them, man, maybe, maybe, maybe you do that and just start praying for them right now. Maybe the Lord is challenging you to share this word with them um, later in the day. I don't know, man, but here's what I do know. It's that the lion, like, like he, he's good, man. He's good. It's going to give you, like, like, an opportunity just to respond. I mean, you got your device. There's three bars on the side. You can say, man, I, I need prayer about this. If you need somebody to come and meet with you, and you want to have a video conference with one of our pastors, um, if you just want us to pray for you about something specific, or if you gave your life to Jesus, man, click on that thing and just tell us. Share with us. Remember, we got to eat the word and share the word so that the power will come. And so there's something very powerful in the kingdom when we open up and we share what the lion is doing in our lives. It's powerful, man. The power moves through us when we share. And so, 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 so mark that, like connect with us. Maybe you're, maybe you're like, man, you're lo- looking for a place to connect with the body of believers and you just, you jumped online today and you're like, man, I didn't even know this church was in Overland Park. Listen, share with us your information so we can connect with you. And when this thing moves on, we can meet you face to face. But whatever decision the Lord is asking you to make, man, don't hesitate. Surrender it to him. And then, you know, man, like for those in our body, we would encourage you, um, we would encourage you to give. Um, the Lord owns it all. If we can't see that right now, like he owns it all. And, and if you have a need, man, geez, if you have a need um, here in the body that we could try to help minister to you, we want to know about that, okay? And so, like, make us aware of that. But you can give online, and uh, we're not hurting, okay? But it's important to walk in obedience. And so we encourage you to do that as well. And I want to pray for you right now. And, uh, and then uh, Sean will lead us in, in a verse of celebration. Heavenly Father, we love you. Jesus, you are the lion. And Lord, we don't want to treat you like a lamb. And, and we love people, Lord. We love people who are in the kingdom and who are out of the kingdom. You've called us to be people of love. 
but help us to see this in, a, in the way you see it, Lord. Help us to be urgent about it so we can realize what life is really all about, and it's the advancement of your kingdom and sharing the good news of the gospel with all the peoples of the world. And so we pray, Father, Lord, that you would move in our midst. Thank you for all the decisions that were made today. Thank you um, for those um, that, that have joined us, and we pray that you would just continue to advance the kingdom as only you can. We love you and ask these things in Christ's name, and amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Overland Park Community Church in Overland Park, Kansas. For more information, visit us online at www.overlandpark.cc.